Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here as always, and we are back for another opposition match preview ahead of sunday's game at villa park against manchester united of course and with that being said we need a united fan in order to talk about manchester united of course because i don't really have any qualifications in that area of expertise so we do have simon from the devil's trident podcast with me right now so i'll turn it over to you simon how's it going oh not so bad not so bad uh Busy fixture list coming up for us, uh, four games in eight days. So, yeah, it's uh, starting tonight. We've got the Europa League, so it's going to be a, a tricky, tricky few days for us. Yeah, to be honest, I'm shocked that they gave you such a tight schedule to finish up the season. I guess they really want that to be done, to be honest. But yeah, um, I guess for at least a positive for you guys, the Premier League's basically wrapped up in all kind of... I guess, essences of the word, really, at this point. And I, I guess, really, with your Europa League game, of course, as well, uh, you could probably say that's basically wrapped up, too. So even before we get into that, we'll, we'll kind of backtrack. We'll go to the start of the season. And really, from your perspective and any uh, United fans that are your friends, of course, and colleagues, <laughs> what was your or their kind of perspective mindset goals ambitions all that kind of stuff going into the season um from from my perspective I, I think a lot of fans we just want to see a bit of progress um obviously we had a few seasons where we were knocking around fifth or sixth in the league and you know we won a few trophies under Mourinho and that that was all right but you know the league is the bread and butter we want to be competing for trophies and competing for the league title and uh, we're not there yet I think Liverpool and City have been miles ahead of the pack for two or three years now obviously Liverpool have slipped away a little bit again this season, but it's just about building on third place last year. I mean, I think we did we did well to get to third place because we were, I don't know, I think it was like January, February time. We were still like eighth or ninth and like quite a way, quite a way away. But um, after Project Restart, we really, we really kicked on especially and, you know, broke into the top four, got third on the last day. So it's not, it wasn't as comfortable as we are now. So I, I just think, I think that's progression in, in one respect, but yeah, just I don't think anyone was thinking we were going to win the league. But you know, if we could improve on third, get close to City and Liverpool. Obviously, we've overtook Liverpool by quite a distance, but I think that's a bit of a anomaly, really, with their season with injuries and stuff. So you know, second is decent. I think we we can pretty much say we're in a Europa League final as well. So there's trophy on the way. So I, that's that's kind of what we wanted, really. We wanted to be you know a cup win. I mean, we'd have probably preferred to stay in the Champions League and you know <laughs> go further in that but in some respects as well you know if we'd have stayed in the Champions League would we have would we have got to a final possibly but you know we've got more more chance at the moment of winning the Europa League so maybe that's 
maybe that was best for us and best for our progression. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, of course, everyone will hear this on a Friday. So that game against Roma would have already happened anyway. So everyone will know the result. And um, if there was somehow a shocker, um, I do apologize. But I, I think we can all probably agree that that is wrapped up and pretty well put to bed i think even if you get one away goal that more than definitely kills any kind of potential hope they had in any yeah. starry dream of theirs but regardless of that switching over to your manager ollie gonna solshar what's what's the mindset with with i guess fans and him because i know when he came in there was oh you know what he's coming in obviously after the sacking of Mourinho. it's just kind of a to bring some maybe stability kind of a feel-good factor in there with a former player a lot of criticism's been in the past. This season, to be honest, I thought he's done a really good job. But where do you sit with him personally? I personally, well, I've, I've, I'll always back whichever manager we've got. I mean, I even backed to David Moyes until, until a few like months before the end, basically. So I think that's just kind of inbred in, in United in United fan base, really. And same with Mourinho. Like, he wasn't at all perfect, but you know, we backed him. Whilst we had him until it, until it went obviously quite sour, but with with Ollie, we obviously we back him even more with his with being a club legend and stuff. But I think he's he's taken us in the right direction. Um, is sorry, my dog's making a lot of noise next to me. It's all good. <laughs> he's uh, rolling around on the floor. Um, so he he needed time to build his own squad basically because he he'd been left the ruins of three or three three different managers, four different managers if you include Sir Alex Ferguson. So you know. He had to build a team in his image, which took a few transfer windows, and he had to get rid of players that maybe were, you know, coasting in the squad. And yeah, I think he's, I think he's got us going in the right direction. I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, he gets the club, but he, he genuinely does, and he understands what it takes to be a, a successful United player. You know, you, you have to be, you have to have a drive and determination to play 50, 60 games a year. You know, we twice a week, like we have done, sometimes three times a week to. You know, to to compete in trof- in competition, sorry, and I think he's definitely got us going in the right direction. Um, you can see just you can look at points tallies from the last couple of seasons. We got sixty six. I think we're on sixty seven now. You know, with five games left, so there's obvious progression there. Moving to get to a final as well. We've been getting to all the semi finals. I think five or six semi finals in the last in the last two years under Solskjaer. So we weren't always doing that under Van Gaal and Mourinho either. So I think. I think he's doing a good job. I mean, it depends whether he gets back in as to whether he manages to take it to another level, but he's got everybody playing for him. And I think that's, that's key. You can see everybody's on the same page and, and working for him. And it's, yeah, it's not always perfect under him, but in some ways he's learning on the job as well. Do you know, he's, it, this is by far the biggest job he's had. He's not, he's not even had much of a stepping stone up to it in terms of, you know, like a, maybe a, a bigger Premier League club. Obviously, he had the time with Cardiff and that was a, a difficult situation in the relegation battle, but he's not had, you know, that sort of higher Premier League job that would kind of maybe have prepared him for this. He's come straight from the Norwegian League to, to us and that's that's part of him understanding the club, I think, is why he's like landed on his feet and, and, and done well in that way. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's perfect workplace experience, I guess. There's no better you could yeah. arguably get, so... With that being said, and I mean, really, I guess, what is the definition of long-term or longevity even in football anymore? I feel like it's more than probably two to three years, more than, I don't know, used to be five to ten years, more than anything. But do you think he's the man to lead you forward? I know every club wants a big name and yada, 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 but 
where do you stand with that? Do you think he can kind of lead you forward for at least the, say the next three to four years, potentially? Yeah, I think so. Um, when you look at it, who's really out there that's going to come in and take over him. That's, that's available. I don't think there really is anybody. Um, I mean, there was a lot of talk of Pochettino before he, before he went to PSG, but I'd, I don't necessarily think Pochettino would have been any better than Solskjaer anyway. I mean, he's, yeah, he's got, he's got a, a track record of decent teams, but not winning trophies. But then again, Solskjaer's not won big trophies. He's won stuff in Norway, but so, but he, Pochettino built a good team spirit at Spurs, and you, you could see there was a real togetherness. But then again, Solskjaer has that. So that was that was the one that maybe people thought could come in, and you know there was talk of Tuchel at some points. Um, but I don't I don't see who is better placed to come in and take over him that's available. And we've set he's set a job in motion here. Do you know what I mean? He's he's got the foundations in place now to strip to take him out. Now doesn't make any sense, you know, when he's when he's clearly building in the right direction. I, I think the next two or three years, obviously, we want to be competing properly for a, a Premier League title. I mean, it's hard when City are so good under Guardiola, and obviously, Klopp, Klopp, Klopp will probably turn Liverpool around, and Tuchel will probably have Chelsea competing a bit with a, with a bit more force next year. So, yeah, I I, I think he, he's. Definitely worth sticking with. Like I said, he's, he's absolutely not perfect, but he's he's beaten all the big managers this season and last season. He's you know he's got a good track record in them big games. So it's just we've had we've had a few injuries along the way this season to key players a lot last season with Pogba being out and Rashford being out a lot and Martial being out a bit this season. Obviously not had a great season anyway, but we started the season in um in a poor way from having the Europa League going into August and stuff. So we're a bit undercooked. So it's hard to really, it's hard to really judge him properly on a full season when there's, there's been so many ways that it's been distracted. If you see what I mean, like obviously the pandemic last year and the season overrunning and it kind of affected this season as well. So maybe next season with fans in the stadium with a trophy, hopefully under our belt and hopefully a, a solid second place finish. I think we'll, we'll start to see what this United team's made of and Solskjaer really. And I guess the one thing that we can kind of move on to, we've already discussed, obviously, expectations for fans. We've discussed the manager. And I guess one serious topic before that we kind of get into the actual uh, match on Sunday, I guess, would be the fan protest. We all know about the um, defunct Super League that was and now isn't, obviously. And it's just kind of an ongoing uh, craziness really I don't really know what kind of appropriate word I could say <laughs> to uh, make this PG but of course we all know about the uh, protests that went on last weekend outside the stadium then went on inside and of course you have the odd few that just take it too far and do it to be absolute knobs and every fan base has those unfortunately they just exist in society you can't really do anything about that but what have you made of all of it being a United fan? Cause I honestly, I haven't talked to a United fan and got the perspective on it yet. Yeah. I, I, that was a long time coming to be fair. Um, the club, the fans have wanted the Glazers out of the club <laughs> since they arrived. Basically the people opposed it when they came in, there was, there was protests then. I mean, I think Bobby Charlton, Sir Bobby Charlton, sorry, had to um, apologize to the Glazers when they arrived because there was protests as they arrived. And it's been, it's, it's come up in waves since. I mean, 2010 was a big. There was a big protest then, the Green and Gold campaign, uh, where we where we were 
we were successful at the time. You know, we were in between Champions League finals and winning leagues most seasons, but we still knew that they were bad for the club because they've, they've saddled us with so much debt to buy the club and are just taking money out in dividends all the time and not actually paying the debt down at all. I mean, they've had 16 years to, to hammer away at a £500 million debt or circa that sort of amount. And I think well, I think they paid, what, £80 million off it or something. So there's always going to be anger towards them and there's there's always glazes out campaigns going on, on on Twitter. But I think this is... The Super League was the straw that, you know, brought the camels back in in many respects. It just showed a disdain that the, the owners have for the fans. Or not maybe not disdain, but just they just don't care what we think. And I think if there wouldn't have been such an uproar about it, they would have happily gone through with it. And... Yeah, it's just it's just a misunderstand either a misunderstanding of the fans, like I say, or they just don't care <laughs> what our what our feelings are. So I think it was it was expected that protest. I mean, there was one the week before that was a bit lighter and and didn't obviously didn't go as far. It was it, they weren't breaking into the into the stadium or even down the concourse or anything like that. It was just it was just outside and a much a much smaller turnout. But I think I always felt that the second protest that was always always planned anyway was going to be the big one. It seemed more organised. It was going to be, you know, before a game, like the, one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game in the Premier League season. So it was always going to have the world's eyes on it. And it it was probably always going to get out of hand just because of the level of level of anger. And it was a lot of genuine match-going fans that had all met up and not, you know, not seen each other for ages and... Had a, had just a lot of pent up anger, I think, and it, yeah, like you say, it was all those sort of things can always spill over, especially with a with a few people that take it too far. You can't condone like the criminal damage and stuff like that that happened, but the general message is one that I'm fully behind, and I think most United fans are fully behind because you've just had enough of this ownership, tech, just taking money out of our club and and taking us for a ride, basically. Do you foresee any change potentially? Like, I'm not asking, of course, I'm not going to ask you if you think they're going to sell up this somewhere. Like, who ever would even have the answer to that? But do you see any kind of changes kind of coming about maybe in the next 6, 12, 18 months at least, something? You know, I think there's a chance of it. it there's more so a chance this time than any other point, I think. Um, I mean, the fans are using a campaign called Not A Penny More at the moment, which is essentially targeting sponsors of United. And there's there's plenty of them and just leaving bad reviews on the uh, trust <laughs> pilot things and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, trying to destroy the relationship that our sponsors have with the owners and, and the club and essentially hitting the, the owner's worm where it hurts in their, in their wallets, basically. So, I mean, I think they'll get a bit tetchy if, you know, if sponsors start pulling out and it becomes less worth it for them to to own the club, but they want a lot of money to sell the club. It was reported that they want four billion, which I don't know who has four billion. I mean, <laughs> there's talk. I think there's talk of Saudi Arabia and stuff like that, but I don't know if that's any better. To be honest with you, with human rights and all that sort of stuff, with that you have to kind of battle with. In a, in a moral way so some sometimes the glazes are like the lesser of two evils but we obviously if we can have someone better than both of them that that would be great but i don't think it'll happen immediately but they have to start listening to what 
to what the fans want. And I mean, the 50 plus one campaigns going for to try and get the fans some sort of say in what happens over um, voting rights and, and things like that. So maybe that'll be a step in the right direction. Maybe that would appease some of the fans. And the, there's the United Supporters Trust that are campaigning to get um, independent directors on the board to make sure that decisions like the Super League one don't go don't go through without you know fan backing and a full support base backing basically. So there's things that can happen that can make it a little bit better, but I don't see them budging quite yet. But like I say, the, the more money they lose and the more it becomes less worth it for them to own the club. I mean, they, they only care about taking the dividends out each year. And if, if it becomes harder and harder to do that, then is the juice worth the squeeze for them, especially with pro, more protests likely to happen next week and beyond. So the answer is I don't really know, but if there was ever a time, it, it's now. Yeah, like I always find it interesting because I compare it to like going to a concert. Like if no one shows up to a concert, whoever's putting out that money is not going to be happy. They're going to panic. It's in, in my mind, it's the same thing with a football stadium. If no one shows up, there's major issues. And it's, it's just so weird to me. I, I know there's other things you can do marketing and stuff. So you'll reach other fans abroad. So you can cover money and aspects through sponsorship and TV and all that kind of stuff. But it's like without fans there, it's nothing. And it, it's just really nice that fans are starting to realize they actually have more power than Mm -hmm. anyone really thought. And I think that's probably the most important thing and long may it continue because I think we've probably seen for the last, Oh God, at least 10 to 15 years, the disconnect is probably greater and greater every single year. And you know what, if this helps bring that kind of gap a little bit closer then long may that continue. But anyway, Simon, let's try to get a little bit more positive or I guess in an, a positive for you and maybe a positive for me. I know we haven't beaten United and I don't even know how long it feels like an eternity. And of course it's, it's second versus 10th. We're in probably our best season in ages where we don't even have to worry about relegation and it's honestly it's very kind of making me uncomfortable because I'm not used to it but it's also nice at the same time but I guess from your perspective we've already kind of mentioned it that the league's basically wrapped up for everybody essentially Um, you guys are almost certainly heading to a Europa League final so from your perspective how do you look at this game in particular um I still feel it's 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 difficult I mean yeah second versus 10th Maybe so, but the the fixture pileup that we've got, I think it, it it makes all the games this week that we've got um, difficult basically because we've got we've got a fully fit squad, so I think that's more than a lot of teams have got to pick from. So there is a scope for you know wholesale changes each game so that it can keep it fresh. But our performance levels tend to drop when he makes wholesale changes. So I don't think in that respect results are. Uh, necessarily in the bag I mean we've got a tough week with Leicester and Liverpool following you know within two days of each other so I think that's what makes it all difficult if these games were more spread out I'd be more confident but I think there's more scope for us for us dropping points now with that Liverpool cancellation and the rearrangement this week so yeah uh, I mean I don't think we're going to go in it and, and lose all of them but I think we just have to be mindful of running the plays into the ground especially like you say with hopefully a a final on the horizon and the Euros and stuff like that beyond it. So, I mean, I'm still confident 
for Sunday, I, th- I don't think that's going to be the problem game because we, we would have been playing Thursday and Sunday anyway and we would have been you know prepared for that and he probably had a plan of what his team was going to be anyway in those games. But we've got the situation where we've had seven days off and since the last game with the game, game being cancelled at the weekend. So we're going to go from um, being absolutely fresh and maybe a, a tiny bit out of rhythm because we're used to playing twice a week to no, essentially from nothing to all <laughs> rather than all or nothing. So... Yeah, um, in terms of Sunday, I mean it's at, it's at Villa Park. We did that. We did well there last team, last season, didn't we? But it's a, a different scenario. Like you say, you've been much better this season, and I think you've done well against the big sides as well. I mean, obviously the Liverpool result was a was a fantastic one for you. <laughs> yours, I'll never so. get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I'm worried about anything like that happening, but yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm more worried about the games beyond this one. Let's just say. Yeah, no, like, honestly, that's more than fair. I mean, even for you guys, um, of course, like I said before, we're recording this on Thursday. So honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if you guys even had a little bit more rotation tonight to just kind of get you ready for the next week. Mm-hmm. I, like, honestly, like, I can't see you guys screwing up a, a 6-2 aggregate scoreline. Like, that's, I don't even know if that's ever happened, to be honest. I think maybe of a, I think there was, was an AC Milan and Arsenal had one where Arsenal almost came back in the second leg. And I think they were down, like, five one or something ridiculous on aggregate like 10 odd years ago if not more but that's as far as i can think as a comparable but it's going to kind of be an interesting one of course everyone knows jack realish probably won't be playing for another week week and a half most likely so uh that's definitely a factor there we know that our team can be hot and cold and of course coming off a win against everton it's always kind of tough to see what team we get because we go through these weird patches lately where we just can't string passes together. We can't even get a few shots on goal. And then we'll have like three weeks where we're just, you know what? It's maybe not a crazy load of opportunities, but we're playing just so much more comfortably and more assured and there's more kind of coherency. So it'll be an interesting one for sure. And you know what? I mean, you said it there before, Simon, we're playing better against your, I guess you could say your traditional big sides. And I think that was the biggest gripe last season for us up until we beat Arsenal, which basically kept us up for most of that so it's definitely one of those things where fans are kind of going into a more positive mindset on but from your perspective is if there's one kind of area where you look at your squad in united is there one area where you think villa could get at them um i think it totally depends on on who plays and i can't even begin to guess who is going to play <laughs> i mean i do i do a predicted 11 for each game on our on our social pages and today I've just I've just thrown out an absolute wild guess and called it just that because I I genuinely don't know if it will make us feel the weakened side in the Europa League and then go go strong against you guys. So I mean, if he's forced to play Matic on Sunday, you know maybe that is possibly a weakness because his, his legs are going a little bit. Um, it, it, for me, it all boils down to who plays in midfield and whether and where Pogba plays. Um, I mean, he could, he could drop Pogba back into a, a central midfield role with someone like Fred or Scott McTominay, and I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable then. But if the rotation means that it ends up being Fred and Matic in the in the middle of midfield, then they're the games that I start worrying basically because we we struggle to put passes together, and there's a the chances of us being overrun with uh, with Matic's older legs in there. So yeah. It entirely depends on how he works the rotation and you know which games he prioritizes really as to as to what our weaknesses would be. If if we're if we're going full strength, I'm not 
too worried about any weaknesses, really. Um, our fullbacks have come on leaps and bounds. Maguire and Lindelof are generally solid every game. We've got two really good keepers that are both you, not in the form of a life or anything, but they're all, both in form and they just rotate in each game. And most of our strikers and forwards are firing, maybe apart from Rashford, who has been carrying injuries for months and months and months. So, but he's not a worry. He still he still performs in it. He still um he still gets goals and assists even when he's not at the top of his game. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not too worried. Other than maybe what the central midfield partnership could be. Oh, fair enough. But uh, anyway, Simon, before we wrap things up here, uh, it's a Holt cast tradition. Some people kind of refuse to give their score predictions because they don't do those things, but I'm going to be bold and ask you anyway. So could you give me your score prediction, please? I'm thinking a draw. So I'm thinking maybe one all purely, purely because of the, the fixture pile up and just not knowing what sort of team to even begin to expect. So yeah, uh, I think, I think, possibly a rotated side and that might uh, knock us out of our stride a little bit. So that's more than fair. Um, I'm going to be totally unrealistic. I don't particularly think this, but I'll just get people riled up anyways. Um, A lot of people can be negative. Some people think Dean Smith should be sacked still, even though I don't understand that. But anyways, Oh, trust me. There's unrealistic people. You lose one game, the whole world's kind of crumbling to their feet. So it's the same with all clubs. Yeah. So it's just unrealistic people moaning and not taking a second to think, but we haven't beaten you guys, I think, since like the mid '90s. I think at Villa Park or something. I was reading not too long ago. So I'll say two-one. Why not? I mean, will it happen? Probably not. But I just want to see it happen in my lifetime, at least. So it would be good to see. Um, unrealistic, but it is what it is. But uh, anyway, Simon, thank you very much for joining me. And if people want to uh, find you guys on any social media outlets, uh, where can they find you? Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, if you just search the Devil's Trident, that's that's our handle. Actually, it's without the the on Twitter, but the Devil's Trident everywhere else. Uh, and the Devil's Trident.com, you'll find everything, all the podcasts and our blog and everything from there. So it's probably the best place to go. Perfect. Well, like I said before, thank you very much for joining me. Guys, we'll wrap it up there. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can, of course, tweet the team on Twitter as well at 7500 to hold almost stumbled that. And of course, if you want to email the podcast for any given reason, tell a story, whatever it is, it's Holtcast at gmail.com. We'll wrap it up there. Hopefully, an entertaining game on Sunday. And don't forget, up the villa. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.